No credentials. Greatest album. Hello again, friends. Welcome to the Sound Logic Podcast. We're glad you're with us. Today we are discussing album number 94 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. This is Fun House by The Stooges. Mike, do you know at what point they became Iggy and the Stooges? Well, you know what? I was going to bring that up at, at some point because my... I guess we're skipping ahead a little bit, but my knowledge of the Stooges is as close to zero as you can get. <laughs> I, think I, I think I know that I knew as... Okay, my first... Okay, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> the first <laughs> time I can remember Iggy Pop was in the late 90s. And he had a song, a popular, a very popular song. I think it did well on the, oh, what was that weird drug movie? Train Spotting. Oh. The Train Spotting soundtrack with Hugh okay. McGregor uh, called Lust for Life. Oh, yeah. I know that song. Remember that song? Yeah. For that, mm-hmm. that. Well, that was Iggy Pop, right? So that was, yep. that was, I think, my first exposure to Iggy Pop. That was in my prime, much music, uh, <laughs> music video watching days where I watched it probably 12 hours a day um, and that's all I knew and at some yeah. point I think I, I heard or learned that Iggy Pop was in a band called the Stooges or or, or continued to be um, and that's it that's all I know about the Stooges never listened to an album um, what about you did you did you know uh, I, anything about this? I didn't even know Lust for Life was an Iggy Pop song, so I'm okay. even more in the dark than you wow. are, I think. Uh, <laughs> this is the blind leading the blind here. <laughs> you know, and usually, usually for us, it's uh, maybe a hip-hop album or yeah. or an R&B album or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is, uh, well, we'll get into what this is, but um, this is more closer to some of the music that we listen to. You know, we listen to the Ramones. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways, well, well, and I think when we listened, when we did our reviews of the Clash, the Sex Pistols, and the Ramones, we uh, admitted that we got this sort of late '90s introduction to pop punk um, mm-hmm. that was that was really <laughs> overlooking how punk arrived at that moment. Um, we knew it, we knew a few songs by those uh, earlier bands, but. I wouldn't have been able to articulate that, that Iggy is sometimes known as the godfather of punk or that this album in particular is um, foundational in the punk music movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, uh, in listening this week, it has made me remind myself again of you know how little I know in, in, in many spaces of the music world and also how you can love something uh, a sound, a style, and not know where it came from, and, and sometimes assume right. you're listening to its, um, you know, its sound breakthrough or something, <laughs> totally oblivious to the way that it's been built up over time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that keeps happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yep. do this. Right? That's right. Uh, yeah, for sure. Before we go any further, should we just do some details? 
Uh, yeah, I think we both have some strong opinions about this one, so we better get okay. the details out of the way first yeah. so that we can we can get into some preaching. Sure. Maybe Could I... Oh, boy. <laughs> what we think about this. <laughs> I'm with the... Again, no credentials. Well, while, you're, ever... while you're giving the details, should I shout out random sounds? Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, uh, so this album, Funhouse. Um, I can't tell if it's two words or one word, but anyway, you do it. It's Funhouse. <laughs> it's it's two words on the Wikipedia entry for it. So let's right. say let's say that's when I, two. When I read the album, yeah, like on the album, the F is capitalized, but the H in House is not, and there's no space. So yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, um, released July seventh, nineteen seventy. It was early, early in punk. Um, this was their, the Stooges' second studio album. Uh, all tracks written by the Stooges. That is Dave Alexander, Ron Ashton, Scott Ashton, soon brothers, and Iggy Pop. Uh, Iggy Pop's real name, in case you, in case you want to know is really long. <laughs> Where is it? It's James Newell Osterberg, Osterberg Jr. Jr. James Newell Osterberg. <laughs> it's quite a handle. That's kind of kind of punk or maybe emo. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like he's from uh, uh, London, not from northern Michigan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty funny. I always imagine him as British. He just looks yeah. he's got that British attitude. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, I couldn't find. We usually say how it charted and sales. Couldn't find either. <laughs> I couldn't find a chart position. Couldn't find sales numbers. So um, <laughs> let's assume Zero that it didn't chart. Sold. It didn't chart well <laughs> and it didn't sell well. Because um, that's usually the case when we have those numbers. Also, and we've seen this before. There were no singles. Mm-hmm. release and we have discovered that when there's no singles and a lot of times that means that the record label didn't feel they wanted to promote the album yeah or didn't that, know what to do with it that right that's quite frequently too. yeah there's but the sales way. are lower yeah um because i mean if you don't hear it on the radio especially especially back before the internet days or the streaming days you don't hear it on the radio you're never going to hear it yeah. yeah, you know, unless you go to, unless you're in the record store and you see it, pick it up and then listen to it. But that's just very, very slow. So, yeah, it's interesting, Mike. Uh, with you mentioning it comes out in 1970 and saying that's you know quite early for um, pop punk music. Um, yeah. I don't even think that that was something they would have been calling it at the time. No. Um, but but listen to these other albums uh, from the list so far that we've reviewed. After the Gold Rush, also 1970. Okay. <laughs> Bitches Brew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, John Lennon Plastic Ono Band. Okay. And Bridge Over Troubled Water. Um, we also, wow. re- we did a, uh, I think we did a recording for Sly and the Family Stone's Greatest Hits, but never published that one because okay. the new list came out. Um, but those are the albums that we've already listened to, which, you know, it's a fairly disjointed list in general. Um but to have this coming out alongside of those things is is 
jarring in some ways to think about that uh, those all being in the same uh, soup of that time. <laughs> 1970 is also the year for uh, the Beatles' Let It Be, which we'll get to eventually. Uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young's uh, Deja Vu, which you and I both really love. Um, what a weird kind of time for, for music to be coming out. So much music. Yeah. Now, it's interesting you mention that because you get these uh, groups and individuals kind of at the height of their popularity or yeah. or at least a peak for, for a lot of those names you mentioned are huge names really at the pinnacle of their careers uh, in genres that are peaking. Uh, yes. Rock and folk rock. And at the same time, we have this album that is in a genre that is just starting to emerge. And you're right, it wouldn't have even been called punk yet. Uh, I, I read somewhere that it would be considered proto-punk. Yeah, and uh, in fact, Iggy, uh, as that label came along, kind of rejected it. Uh, didn't right. I, like being called punk. Um, That's very punk rock of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you reject any label, even if it's the appropriate one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and even Velvet Underground, which is said to be the album that really inspired these artists, that was in 67, right? Yeah. That was a few years earlier. Another huge year for music. Yep. Anyways, um, yeah, 1970, no singles. Um, characterized at the time as... as hard rock avant-garde or avant-garde hard rock or whatever you want to call it so this was this was hard rock and i certainly can understand that at the time because it's not like a you know a led zeppelin that's that's very heavy yeah but is also very blues based and and less experimental than this right yep um, you listen to the the guitar solos um, and the riffs it sounds more like you know, a Neil Young kind of thing, or somebody who's just learning to play guitar, as opposed to a Jimmy Page, yes. who's just an absolute master, and everything is clean and produced and rehearsed. Mm -hmm. and this is uh, improvisational. That, that's another thing that, that they wanted the album to be improvisational. It's yes. interesting. You don't hear that in, you know, kind of punk rock a lot. Uh, it's it's passionate, soulful, but not necessarily improvisational. Yeah. So that's interesting. It's also um, probably due to the way that they recorded. They really wanted to capture that kind of vibe of their live shows. Yeah. And so every, they, they'd push record and they would play the song all together. There wasn't really layering or very minimal overdubbing as well. Um, and they hit it, what they wanted it to sound like anyway, pretty pretty efficiently. Yeah. Um, I think it was just in the last couple of years, a box set came out with all the recordings from that session. Wow. Um, wow. It's a multi-disc set, but it's like, there are like five versions of track one and seven versions of track two and yeah. six versions of track three. And, you know, for a, for a relatively short album, you can hear like their entire time in the studio, at least as much as the uh, tape was running. It's, <laughs> uh, I, I think that contributes to this like rough around the edges sound. Um, but also capturing, I'm sure, what it what it would have been like to hear them live. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, interesting, you mentioned that they they didn't that they recorded all together. That they didn't record their instruments separately, and also they didn't isolate. So often when you do that, you may have seen videos of bands playing at the same time recording, but they're each in their little booth, or they have been. They didn't do that. They they did it. They set up the producer set them up, and they they did a, that a, a traditional recording setup, and the band hated it. They said this isn't our sound because um, the producer and and the record label were arguing it because uh, I think it's the producer. He wanted to pursue them, but someone else said like, but they're okay, but you'll never capture what they create on stage <laughs> that's what was amazing so they went and they recorded the band hated it so they said we're gonna set it up exactly the way we set up our show so they took all the extra equipment i guess furniture out of the studio tried to make it kind of i guess echoey like a stage or an open hall would be and they put the amps right beside each other instead of having like a fixed studio mic Iggy had you know just a mic in his hand as if they were playing a show. And wow. that's how they recorded it. <laughs> and, you know, um, for anyone who's been in the studio, like it, you know, you really try to isolate and get yeah. exactly that instrument just alone. And if you don't, it can be problematic. Well, they, yeah. <laughs> they did pretty good, actually. Like, you can, yeah. it doesn't sound like a, like a, it, sorry, it's not recorded, for, it doesn't sound like it's recorded poorly. Um, Right. And I actually think the band sounds really tight. Um, skipping ahead, yeah. I guess, a little bit to how this sounds. But I'm surprised that his his vocals sometimes sound like they really were isolated and out in another room. To, to, have them, to have him singing along with the band and to get the sound as separate as it sometimes feels on the album. Like, I, I, I found myself thinking about, oddly enough, um, Trout Mask Replica while I was listening to this partially because he kind of barks and speaks his lyrics sometimes yeah. but it, it almost felt like a, a lyric track or a vocal track was just placed on top of the really tight instrumentation at times um, uh, which is which is interesting and, and I think I, I expect a sort of garage band effort to have a bit have the vocals kind of melt into the music a little bit more than they do on this album they're really aggressive and in, in, in front of the music i guess um if that's making any sense <laughs> yeah 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 it does make sense and it's it the, the word that's used is it sounds very raw yeah and, it, and it, that's you can hear that right away <laughs> yep sure um last kind of note on on kind of the recording is that um Iggy Pop said that his vocals were inspired by Helen Wolf, who's a, a legendary blues vocalist you know, from, the, I guess, the 50s. I don't know that artist well enough to really hear that. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't have said, oh, it sounds like a blues vocalist, but I think kind of a raspy kind of thing. Yep. That's what he was going for, mm-hmm. which that certainly comes through. Absolutely. Uh, similar to... Um... Dylan and some other uh, artists we've talked about, he's not going for vocal excellence so much as communicating a, an attitude with his voice. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I like that, and he does that. Using it as an instrument, I guess. Another. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Lots of screaming and yelling and. Yeah. Uh, Almost a percussive instrument. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oddly, yeah. I'll share a comparison I have later, but maybe okay. not. Um, <laughs> okay. Do you want to move on to the artwork? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, kind of a cool image. A lot of effects. And remember, this is long, long before computer uh, imaging and graphics. So anything would have been done manually or with you know, uh, practical effects or whatever. Uh, old school photographic effects. But um, the, the colors are red. Red and yellows and oranges. Um, it's a picture of Iggy. I imagine he's singing. Um, I don't think... Does he own any shirts? <laughs> I've ever seen a picture a of Iggy Pop wearing a shirt. Um, His pants are always uh, pretty slack, Dripping. too. <laughs> yeah. There's a few live um, concerts that I, like live clips that I looked at today where I was like, oh, is he actually naked? And it was just because like his pants were below the, the crowd uh, <laughs> while he was up on stage. <laughs> That's funny. Um, on, on the top left corner, um, written vertically, so you have to turn your head to read it, The Stooges Funhouse in white. And it's like, I don't know what you even call that. I wouldn't call it a font because I think it's stylized, but it's like when you draw letters, not cursive, but where, where all the lines connect. I don't know. It looks like they're cool. neon or something like that. Yeah, like a neon. Yeah, that's it. Like a yeah. neon sign. Like the tubes are yeah. connecting. Yeah, but it's white. And then um, that's just in the top, kind of top left corner vertically. And then the rest of the album is just Iggy Pop. And it's got this wash. almost looks like he's engulfed in flames. <laughs> it's kind of swirling, washed out in, uh, effect on it. I can't tell what's to the top, middle, right. It almost looks like a fireball or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, so black and... Uh, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's vibrant. Um, you, you get this sense of, of, of chaos and you know disruption and passion all this stuff mm -hmm. which i i think it actually uh characterizes this this album quite so very well this is this is an interesting element this the orientation of this album is sometimes turned on its side so that the the title and oh. the band name are the other way, which makes that oh. like orangish blur of someone's face kind of more in tune, and and Iggy, oh, Iggy's head kind of leaning on its side. So that's how it well, is. There's in... a face there. Yeah, I yeah. Didn't even know that. I think it's the whole oh. band, maybe just in different oh positions because there's like the creepy. Yeah, it's uh. Oh, Ben, I wish you told me. <laughs> And the, that thing I thought was a fireball, it's a, like a woman's face. <laughs> I don't know if it's like a woman. I think that might be there. another member of the band uh, oh. creeping in there. Yeah. I was looking at this. I just thought it was like swirling. It's a face. It's another face. Okay. Well. <laughs> Start over. Uh, take two. <laughs> good job, everybody. But, I mean, it's, it's, so... in. This is what you get. 
<laughs> what Greg, I thought was is like, this, uh, is this one ranked pretty high on your list? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but I, the reason that you thought that is because it is so avant-garde, and they're they're yeah. layered in different directions, different sizes, uh, different color palettes. Like the face behind Iggy is red and orange. It's not. It is a fireball. It's not a face until you actually see it. It's like the is it a woman or a vase kind of trick photography kind of thing. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, it really does feel, depend on, on which angle you're viewing the album cover. Uh, yeah. Uh, to see I, it I just, way. I just feel really dumb right now. <laughs> oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I wonder if there's a little info here uh, on that. Yeah, I got nothing. It goes with the chaos of the the album. Like, you know, we've talked at times about album covers not necessarily fitting with the sound. I, I like this one. The kind of yeah. fiery vibe and the chaotic, disorienting um, elements. Yeah. It, all, it all works for me. Um, and I thought yeah. um, sometimes you get you hear music, you think like the the cover will be a little more maybe violent you know i don't really see violence here um like even um the clash london calling is is the bassist like mid smashing his guitar on stage you know yeah uh kind of get that kind of attitude anyways yeah um check out that album cover if you haven't uh go look it up it's it's interesting for sure yeah on the side um the other thing, as we move on, uh, looking at the track, there's seven tracks, three on side one, sorry, four on side one, three on side two. What's the running time? Like 36 minutes total? 36 minutes, 26 seconds. <laughs> Is this the shortest album we've reviewed? I don't think it's the shortest. I think some of the early Beatles albums uh, eke it out by a minute or two. Uh, but it's definitely up there. Um, very short. You think so? Yeah, I think I looked today. Uh, the shortest, shortest Beatles uh, album. Please please me was thirty-two minutes. Yeah. Okay. All right. But there was like twice as many songs, but they were all really short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, but definitely, definitely one of the shortest ones. Um, some songs were longer. I'm sure you, you weren't a fan of the seven-minute songs, Ben. Um, no. <laughs> prefer, uh, prefer some shorter tracks. Um, when you started listening, what was the first thing that you thought? So this, um, perhaps more than any album we've, we've listened to in the last little while, this album made me think about all the other... Um, music, as I referenced, that, that seems to build off of this. Like, I could hear um, in the way that the sort of, like, driving guitars reminded me a lot of uh, Cake, of all of all bands. Oh! Um, the way that the instrumentation uh, plays with pace, sometimes even getting a little funky, kind of reminds me of a band that'll come not too long after this, uh, T-Rex, which I think has an album that we'll get to okay. in like 15 years if we get to the end of this 
this uh, this list uh, that I really like. Um, uh, the the sort of swagger in his voice reminds me of Mick Jagger at times. Uh, I was that's the comparison I would like. And and so like I, rather than rather than really being enamored with the band, I found myself going like, huh, I wonder. Is this where this comes from? Is this like, I and while all that's happening, I wasn't really enjoying the music, and I found myself okay. this like having this dysphoric kind of moment of like, why is it that I can hear some of my favorite sounds in this music and not enjoy <laughs> the music itself? It was a very jarring <laughs> kind of experience to to both acknowledge and and hear some of the the foundational bedrock of of some of my favorite things and not enjoy the music huh really interesting uh reflections there i found it so um it's very in in my face you know which which is not necessarily a, a negative thing but just kind of just right up as you said before right up front vocals right up front uh and the guitar is just kind of just um almost droning and often the riffs and solos were just like two or three notes you know just like over and over and over again it was kind of that that was challenging i think especially on a first listen through i was like okay um uh yeah his vocal i really heard i really heard Mick Jagger a lot i was i really a few times i was like man this I don't know if that was intentional or unintentional. Um, but just, yeah, just that, that attitude and um, uh, aggression. Yes. You know, not necessarily lyrically, but, but in, the, in the delivery, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. There's, um, there's definitely some attitude here. Uh, there's also like avant-garde. Yeah, I think, yeah, really nails it. Like especially, is it the final track on on the second side, LA Blues? That really just sounds like a weird experimental. Hey everybody, let's make some sounds. Uh, <laughs> is that the one with the saxophone in it? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was surprised by how much horns yeah. play into this album too. I, I was definitely not expecting that. Um, but yeah, I think there's some horns. It's just like lots of honking and, and, and doesn't. Yeah, it's a very it's an odd thing. Yeah, that surprised me. I would not expect like I didn't know what to expect from this. I did expect something sort of punk or proto-punk or something like that. Yeah, um, that was my guess on the Stooges. I didn't expect avant-garde. I didn't expect saxophone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was kind of kind of a surprise that was absolutely it um it doesn't have the sort of power chord sound that that a lot of no. music came no. to be later on and 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 it is a bit funky at times i guess it reminds me i, I heard a lot of the clash in here too like punk trying to define its sound I guess um, which makes sense as it's sort of taking shape but, but certainly still drawing on some other genres and influences to get to where it's going. The attitude maybe is the, the most punk thing about it, not necessarily that the, the music is pure 
pure punk, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, a, 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 lot the, a lot of the a lot of the guitar parts are are like single notes instead of yeah. chords. Yeah, which is an interesting uh, approach. Yeah. yeah, it's not horrible. No, it's okay. Um, I, I too thought he was British. He's from Michigan. I'm not too too far from our home and native land. Um, no, but he's hard to understand. And uh, with song titles like TVI and Dirt and Funhouse, I I imagine there's something to his lyrics. I just don't really know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what exactly is going on? Loose. I feel it could be sexual or, or maybe drug related. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, think it's an, I think it's an innuendo for sure. Uh, you know what it reminded me of? Um, the uh, I guess it wasn't in the final cut, but you know, there's yeah. What's the lyric there? Well, it's kind of rude. Uh, loose uh, put, put it or stick it in real deep because I'm loose or something yeah. like that yeah. and then um, you know what it reminded me of like I think it was the late 50s um, Little Richard with Tutti Frutti oh yeah and there was like all these alternate right like uh, lyrics for Tutti Frutti and references to his his specu- speculation of his sexuality yes yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One one of the lines um, of Tutti Fruity that is not, I don't think, was ever on any cut. Was like, you know, uh, if if it won't fit, don't force it, or something like that. <laughs> it's like like a direct. But it was like early enough that people like didn't ask questions. So like, oh, that, could, uh, you know what? Let's just leave it alone. We'd rather not. We'd rather not know. Yeah. But anyways, that I don't know why that reminded me. But just kind of like, um, you know, I think we eventually get to a point in maybe the '80s and '90s where artists don't like what you think about rock and hard rock and metal and then into hip hop. They don't really do as much innuendo. It's just kind of like. But we're just gonna say it now. Yeah, yeah. We want to say it, you know. Right. But back in, and like in the end, innuendo was was still risque, but like you could get away with it because I think people were still kind of like, no, they wouldn't really mean that, would they? <laughs> <laughs> right. um, and especially like, yeah, think about like, like late fifties. I think it was like fifty-eight or fifty-nine when his uh, that first album came out. Like that's very yeah. right. risque. Anyways, that was a weird comparison that I had in my head. Yeah. Um, uh, have you said? Do you, do you like this? I guess you said that you you didn't, or like yeah. you were analyzing. Um, <laughs> there are there were aspects that I appreciated. I okay. really like I really like the drumming. Yeah, there there were some tracks where I was like, "Ooh, these drums are pretty sick." Like, I like yeah. this. Um, did not love the guitar. Um, did not love the vocal delivery all the time. In general, no, no, <laughs> not really. Which is funny. We've talked about this before. Like my younger self probably really, really would have yeah. liked a lot of this, yeah. and like 
When we listened to the Ramones and Sex Pistols, I was like, ah, I don't love it, but I feel like my younger self would be really angry that I don't love it. But maybe yeah. my younger self would have just been happy with the pop punk and third wave punk that we were listening to. Maybe. And wouldn't and have not really wanted this. Yeah, yeah. not really wanted this because, oh, that's not my punk rock. You know, I don't know. Like, yeah. anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess my tastes have changed enough. I want things with a little more structure. I want things a little more polished. I want things a little more um, intentional, deliberate. Um, that being said, I don't hate it. Okay. Um, I appreciate it. I appreciate this early expression of what would become, you know, punk, punk yeah. rock. Um, I appreciate artists who might not necessarily be the the most skilled uh, at playing their instruments instruments in their kind of genre in their world, but still use their instruments to the best of their abilities to convey, as you said, an attitude, a message, an emotion. Yeah, yeah. And and they do that very well. So there's there's definitely some cool things happening. Um, uh, I could I could go for like you Ben I could go for a lot of these tracks to be a lot shorter. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying something for a 30-minute album. Uh, I yeah I, we were sort of chuckling this afternoon when I texted you and said this is a short album and it's even shorter when I skip because I'm bored of the track. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I you know what I did and I do this every once in a while when I want to try and dig a little deeper in the music just went back and listened to some old interviews of Iggy Pop and I think the more the more I got to know the guy the, the less interested I became in his music it, I think because he's such a showman yeah. he really wants to do things to um, provoke the audience he talked okay. about in one interview his I think it was a Letterman interview a little later in his career where he talked about his first time stage diving. He was at a, a venue where the people weren't really getting into it. And he said something along the lines of, they didn't know how great our music was and what they were missing. So I jumped on top of them to, to give them something to remember. And I just thought like, wow, that is a weird kind of arrogance. So I feel, feel like your audience <laughs> is not appreciating you appreciating you as much as yeah. you think they should sort of a, a flip to the bruce springsteen of you know we'll prove to you how good we are <laughs> sort of like yeah you, you should yeah. be more aware of just how great we are um and i you know maybe maybe wanted to actually not like their, their music as much so i'm sure that there's something clouding my judgment in that too but yeah i, I feel this like affinity for it in, in aspects and also awareness that I don't know if it's middle age or what but that I it's not my it's not my sweet spot anymore <laughs> yeah that's so interesting don't remember us for what we played but what we did you know it's that yeah it's that kind of spectacle um, but a lot of times you know the music's good too <laughs> yeah uh, anyway you know no like I think I think I get I get the idea behind it but I wasn't necessarily captivated by it. Um, Do you think, it, similar to our our, um, our self-awareness as we've gone through this, that some of the things that at one point would have made people sit up and take notice no longer sounds 
as revolutionary? Like, do you think there's yeah. an element of that in this too? Like, yeah, I, th I think so. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely, and we've done that before. Like, um, you know, people. We talked about that with the stones before. It's like, yeah, right. Them before, but at the time they hadn't. And I think I think the same could be said. I, I'd be very curious to know what might have happened if maybe they had created a few more tracks on the album that were made radio worthy um, yeah. or a little more radio friendly. I guess is a better term. Um, and promoted this. What what might have happened? Because I don't think it was promoted hardly at all. So. Um, you know, I think at the time, yeah, this this is just really wild stuff, like really wild. 1970, and you yeah. all the all the bands you talked about before, you know, Simon and Garfunkel and John Lennon, even that John Lennon album is a little a little edgy too. Yep. yep. Um, but this is like <laughs> just way past that. Um, yeah, I, I think there's an element of that, Ben. We we've heard so much of this for the last 50 plus years that. It's hard to remember a time when this was brand new. Yeah. This could be challenging, but we got to pick a couple of our favorite tracks for Spotify <laughs> playlist. So, uh, is there one you would pick, if not your favorite, <laughs> at least one to represent this album? Um, with one in mind. I think I would go with Dirt. Um, okay. It's got a a bit more of that funky rhythm mm -hmm. that I was talking about shows up here every once in a while. Um, you picked a seven minute song. Yeah, I know that's <laughs> one sticking point for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's not characteristic for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about you? Um, I think go with TVI. Okay. As much as there's parts of it that are obnoxious, it is also <laughs> like it's catchy. Like I remember that, and he says it so TV. Yeah, it's just so. Um, but it's interesting, and I think I like what they do. And there's even a point near the end where it almost like it stops, and then they come back in. It's kind of cool, but yeah, I think that would be mine. We'll add them to our playlist. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're they're in there, they're in there. Okay, um, all right. Let's move on. What has aged well? What has not? This is tough because it's and we've talked about this a few times recently where we go, well, this is kind of this was kind of unique when it came out. So how do you, right. you know, like how right, do you? Right. Um, I think for me, I'll go. I'll go first. You mind if I go first? Yeah, go for I'm it. Just doing, I'm doing it anyways. Um. 
uh, avant-garde has always been challenging because even if it's quote good, and I mean, avant-garde is, is not, it's, it's not really out there to be necessarily good. It's out there to be an expression, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always been challenging and you don't, I don't, I can't think of any avant-garde. Like, can you think of anything avant-garde on the radio? Hmm. Like no. I can think of some solos that might be a little dissonant or, or, yeah. or <laughs> but, but there's really, you, you don't really hear that. So that, I don't necessarily say that it hasn't aged well, but it's, it's always challenging. And a lot of this is avant-garde. I think uh, certainly production quality has improved. Um, you know, I think about um, a solo, uh, like a Neil Young guitar solo on like Southern Man by CSNY. You know, would have been similar to what I'm hearing here, which I think was, yeah, you said, I think Southern Man's on Deja Vu, so released the same year. So I'm hearing that kind of two, three note solo, um, and you don't really hear that anymore. Um, I think the kind of the distortion um, has aged, and uh, kind of the attitude, you get that a lot through the punk, through into the 80s um, and then 90s grunge, but. Um, I think in general, I I don't think it really ages well to now. Even a lot of the the rock acts might not be trying to emulate this kind of thing. So hmm. uh, influential, yes, but in terms of right now, maybe not. Maybe not age so well. What, what what's your take on that? It's kind of a tricky one. Yeah, I think if if you if you gave me this album. Uh, and didn't tell me who it was or where it was from, I might say, oh, this is an interesting, like, high school band trying to, ah. <laughs> trying to, uh, you know, capture an attitude or a, um, a sound that, that there's, uh, there's something that they're trying to prove here with this, <laughs> yeah. with this music. And in that way, I think it's got that authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, that we that we long for in music, um, that attitude definitely shines through. It's rough around the edges, and sometimes that's a good thing. Um, I don't, I don't think these vocal stylings are something that you'd hear a whole lot, unless it was an again an amateur <laughs> kind of kind of group trying to find their sound and thinking, right. well, if we if we shout or we use a raspy voice or something we'll separate ourselves from everyone else. Um, yeah. So I, I would, I would be surprised if this was like on the radio or, or getting a big record deal. I wouldn't be surprised to like find it at an open mic night or, uh, a dive bar or something like that. Um, a house show here in town, uh, which is an interesting kind of dynamic to have those two things to be true. (laughs) Um, yeah. Given that it is foundational and uh, right, yeah. influenced so much, yeah, um, yeah, I like that. Um, it leads us to our next question here. This is number ninety-four, 94th best album ever. Uh, how do you feel about that position? Whew. Uh, I feel <laughs> like this is here uh, for its influence and not for its lasting greatness of sound. Um, it's really fascinating that it's jumped up so much, uh, 
This has been in the first list, 191. Uh, oh, a second list was also 191. So it's moved up 100 spots. Interesting. Um, very interesting. Re- very interesting. I don't know. Uh, there's a number of... Um, there's a number of people out there reflecting on its greatness uh, uh, in various interviews and how it's influenced them. So, so it may just be that in, in certain genres and certain spaces, uh, the people who love it for its attitude continue to embrace it. I I mentioned earlier this uh, this box set that had all the different the complete recording session. I think it was like a four hundred dollar. Um, multiple LP box set. So yeah, yeah. Some, someone bought that in 2020 when it came out. Um, it's still, still people are still longing for this album in some way. So yeah, as much as I'm surprised that it's this high up, I, I guess it is deeply in- influential. Right. I don't need it in the top 100. <laughs> I'll no. say that. I respect the influence. Um, I respect that it was, you know, kind of cutting edge, groundbreaking when it came out. Um, I don't, I don't know if I understand it as, you know, the, this is the album that I listened to a lot and really influenced me. <laughs> kind right, of thing. right. Like, or, or that I really enjoy having on. I mean, that that's not really fair because everybody's preferences are different, but um And I've said this before, too. I also, in saying all that, of course, feel very ignorant in understanding the influence of it. Mm. Um, So that that may, I'm sure if I, if someone could sit me down and teach me a little bit more about how it influenced, I'd have a better understanding and then say, okay, yeah, 94 makes more sense here. Right. Um, So I'll throw that in there just to kind (laughs) of cover my, my behind a little bit. But uh, (laughs) Yeah, I doesn't need to be so high for me. I I see it see it okay with being on the list, but um not on top 100. But interesting because I was kind of like I I usually I, I you know, I research and I, I actually didn't even I don't know why, I kind of skipped over a part where what are the other albums? And I didn't even look it up because I kind of thought, "Oh, there there won't be any more." Yeah. <laughs> Which was very rude of me, but uh there is one more on this list, uh, their self-titled debut album, The Stooges, hmm. um, is number 488, had been 185. So it was actually a few spots ahead of this album and now is way down at the end of the list, almost fell off. And then there's a third album, Raw Power from 1973, uh, this is, you mentioned the name change. This is where they started going by Iggy and the Stooges. Mm. Um, that is no longer on the list. It was around the 128 mark. So it was actually the highest on the last list of their three albums on the list. And now it's not even on the list. Amazing. Well, it's so interesting. You know, it, I, I don't, we ask these questions. I feel like I'll probably never get an answer, but I'd love to know. Like, <laughs> People who were voting, obviously, there's people who still like the Stooges, but not that album, Raw Power. Right. But Funhouse, yes, it's gone up 100 spots, <laughs> and their debut has dropped 300 spots, and the other one dropped 
370 spots to get off the list. You know, like I, <laughs> an interesting band for sure. Yeah. And a band that obviously has made an impact and influenced people. Um, the two of us are just not those people, apparently. Apparently not. <laughs> and you know what? Like, <clears throat> we listen to a lot of different music each week. Uh, it's right. foolish to assume we are going to like and appreciate everything. And I need to keep reminding myself of that and not just say, like, I can't believe this is here, you know? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to love – this is not a review. We're not walking through Ben's – top 500 albums uh unfortunately no that'd be interesting <laughs> when we oh, finish this exhausting list. just comp- compiling that together. <laughs> yeah and now we get a taste of how hard it was to do this yeah. um any other comments before we close out here ben no i you know we said given... actually a lot more than i thought we'd say yeah we did <laughs> uh, given the way that it I now see how it fits into the, the greater music canon. I'm glad we did this, even even though I, you know, get to the end and think I'm probably never gonna put this on again. Um I like knowing sort of where things come from and how they get there. And this definitely feels like it fits with that part of our journey. Absolutely. Um I'm always excited to uh to listen to new music, explore something I haven't before, even if it ends up being something I'm not, I don't particularly care for. I, I really enjoy, you know, just adding another little thing in there to what right. all, all of this, this incredible amount of music that is there for us. Exactly. Um, we switch genres again next week. Who boy. Big time. Why don't you tell our listeners what we got coming up? Yeah, we're um, we're getting to uh, take a visit to the six. Uh, we up our Canadian content just a little bit um, by shifting to uh, Canadian artist Drake uh, and his album "Take Care" comes in at number ninety-five. So um, I know I don't think I could even say a Drake song. I know so little about this artist that it's good for me as a a Canadian, I think, to spend a little time with Drake. No Drake songs, eh? I think I know more about his involvement in the NBA's Toronto Raptors <laughs> than I do about his music. Uh, well, it's number 95, and this is the first appearance on the list, so we can truly say that uh, he started from the bottom, now he's here. Okay. Is that a song you know? No. Oh, okay. Well, that, that joke is wrong. <laughs> All right. Anywho. Will, will it make sense after this next album? I don't even know if it's on the album. <laughs> um, because uh, I know a few singles, but he's not an artist. I've listened to any full album. So, okay. um, until next time, friends, I hope, you conti- yeah, I hope you continue <laughs> to be well. I hope you take care of yourselves and those around you, those important to you those close to you and we certainly hope that you'll join us again right here next time on the soundlogic podcast thanks for listening everyone I'm gonna... if you like what you hear subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review send us a message at our facebook page on instagram or through our soundlogic podcast twitter feed thanks for listening